Well, last week we entered into a series, uh, Angels, and we talked about angels as messengers of God, as protectors, as guards and agents of care. So to dip into what we learned last week um, and cover off, I, I can only speak for 90 seconds, right, because the summary will be back on the screen next week, so I don't need to speak for very long. But their core business, angels' core business is to worship and praise God whilst doing his bidding, doing his work. They have a ministry of encouragement and carrying God's messages as required and whenever he desires. Today we want to look at origins. I want to kind of take us, dip us back into the Word of God, into origins and what actually happened to some of the angels along the way since their creation, including the fallen angels and what's happened and is happening as a result of the disobedience of some of the angels. The first thing to say is that God created all of the angels at one time. He has not been making angels progressively as we move along in human history. He made them, created them at one time for all time. We'll explain a little bit of the process as we go, but I want to warn that some of this may be new. I hope not, but it may be a bit alarming for some also. But I believe it's really important and I believe it's freeing and enlightening to know this biblical history. And essentially, it's very important to our understanding of spiritual warfare. So let's launch and I welcome any questions to me personally afterwards. It's believed that all angels were originally created without fault and like Adam in the garden, were placed on some sort of probation. They were theologically, during this time, posse non peccare, able not to sin. Think about it, was Adam created in sin? No, Adam was created able not to sin. In fact, I believe Adam could have lived in relationship with God eternally in perfect harmony. That was his opportunity. That was his purpose. So to clarify and put it into some different words, Adam was created with the capacity to live his life eternally without sinning. He could have dwelled in harmony with God forever, but he sinned. We describe this moment in human history, in biblical history, as the fall. The moment Adam sinned against God <clears throat> was the moment death entered our world and sin has affected humanity ever since. Remember from last week also that Jesus comes into the world where there is sin. When Jesus was born, he was born sinless into a sin world. 
Death had already come into our world with sin. And with death comes disobedience. With disobedience comes death. And Jesus pays the penalty for sin, which is death, and died in our place. That whoever believes in him will never die, but live forever. That's the gospel, isn't it? Well, you need the gospel message because of the fall. So in the same way, angels were created with this ability to not sin. The probation period, if you like, for angels ended very abruptly. At a point in time before our understanding of time, And so I want to give you a summary first and then break it down into pieces, show how the Bible gives us this clear picture of what happened. So I invite you to come with me on a summary which begins when heaven's chief angel, Lucifer, or the devil, made his revolt against God. Lucifer was able to persuade a third of the angels to rebel with him. The angels who followed Lucifer became like him, non-posse, non-pecare, which means not able not to sin. At the bottom of the slide there. Not able not to sin. It means they remain in a sin state, unable to be redeemed or forever sinful. They cannot, will not be restored. They change the world and everything in it. And that has an effect upon us. So a third of the heavenly host follow Lucifer in rebellion against God. We're going to see this in the Bible in a moment. Just a little explanation before we open. The remaining two thirds we focused on last week. They stayed subsequently remained faithful. Their situation changed also because they were rewarded for their faithfulness and became non-posse peccare, not able to sin. So man remains with the capacity to sin. Heavenly angels now are not able to sin. Praise God, yeah? Now, I can't stress enough up front how important this is, particularly in light of the spiritual dominion. So there's a point in biblical history when angels separated into two resulting orders. Here we go. One group continues to follow God, praise God and do his will. They worship him. And we've spent our time looking at their ministry last week. These are the heavenly angels whose main purpose is to worship God and sing his praises. And at a point in time, other angels who separated from following God picked up with Satan or the devil. No ability not to sin any longer. Bound into sin. And now their work is to serve him, the devil. Here's the change. All angels were created to glorify and serve God and now a third of the fallen and they have a very different focus and unfortunately it's a continuing focus 
their work is in deceit and in counterfeit to everything that's good, right and holy. So fallen angels worship, follow and serve Satan. Evil angels are satanic. Now, this happened at a point in time before the creation week as we know it. So before Adam, and from that point on, the faithful angels are referred to as holy and elect angels. And the angels are known as the devil's angels. Now, for what it's worth, some people will be interested. Others need to be patient for a moment. I want to dip into the Bible here, identify some ranks and characteristics of fallen angels. I'll race through this. I've got Bible references for anyone who wants them. You can find it on a Google search if you search in the right place. Wouldn't recommend it. You might search in the wrong place. And trust me, as I'll reiterate as we go, don't go digging for this stuff. Look into the Bible. Uh, do the Bible reference searching. Don't just go digging because the internet is full of counterfeit, yeah? The names of fallen angels. And I want to stress that this is abbreviated. You can go and find the detail in the scriptures. But shed him or demons. In Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 106, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, and in 1 Corinthians 10, the word demons in that verse is the word Shedem in Hebrew. Uh, you can see the references are clearly around the identity of false and counterfeit gods. It's all about deflecting attention away from the one true God. All uh, counterfeit worship is uh, a deception to take a person's focus away from the one true God. And in, um, all those references are clear. So when you hear of a demon context in a movie or a TV series, beware. Be very careful what you are allowing on the TV. It's actually grounded in reality. This stuff is real. They do exist. You don't want to go there. There's an extreme level of danger right here. Uh, the next list is Serum, uh, Seir, uh, Satir, uh, Leviticus 17, 2 Chronicles 11. Here the context is a he-goat. Uh, that means it's Satir in the Hebrew. It's connected to demon creatures of some sort and the idea of replacement of true worship. So you've got idol worship here. Uh, then you have some phrases that describe them like the devil's angels, uh, right up front in Matthew 25, 41, we read really clearly that this dominion is actually given a name. Uh, in uh, Matthew 25, 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire that's prepared for, what's it say? The devil and his angels. I don't want to be linked to this dom dominion in any way. Judgment is coming. Revelation 12.9, we find evidence that the identity of the devil and the understanding of him being thrown out of heaven is also in the New Testament. We're going to read it in the Old Testament shortly, the actual account. But here in Revelation 12.9, the great dragon was hurled down, that 
ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. The Bible also teaches us what was lost for fallen angels. They lost their way. They lost their true purpose. Remember last week, the focus was angels were created for purpose. And the angels which lost their original purpose uh, are described as familiar spirits, unclean spirits, evil spirits. At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. Deceiving spirits. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. What on earth are deceiving spirits? Except for fallen angels. And we'll see it clearly as we progress. Wicked spirits and a common one, demons which is the word daemon, found 75 times in the Greek New Testament. In each case, it's translated by the word devil in the King James Version. KJV uses the word devil. The NIV goes back to daemon directly and the word demon. There are several theories concerning the origin of demons. Uh, I'm going to race through this, so you want to know a bit more detail, we can chat later. But these are theories, and I absolutely have to stress they are theories. Speaking generally, known, um, we don't talk about it in evangelical reasoning very often because they're just theories. There's a theory that demons are spirits of dead people, or more specifically, spirits of deceased wicked people or ghosts. And it can't be true, because the Bible says the unsaved dead are in Hades and not roaming the earth. True? And you get sidetracked on this, even from the movies that we watched, like the movie Ghost. Uh, it would have us believe that there is a suspended time after death and before we're somehow carried off. And the Bible is so explicit, there is no such thing as ghosts. Christians have this biblical account to keep us on track with these things. And so often Christians are not in the Bible significantly enough and they just take on whatever is being presented. Christians, it's in the Bible. There's no such thing as ghosts. However, for Christians to believe this stuff is very helpful for fallen angels, very helpful, because lots of people who believe in the possibility of this stuff allow demons to actually carry out their work in a very effective way. For anyone who has seen a perceived ghost, they've actually not seen a ghost, they've seen a fallen angel. And it makes a lot of money in movies and tourism. It's the whole mythical thinking behind uh, sometimes even romantic uh, take on life after death as a result of death. Another theory is 
there are spirit, they are spirits of a race before Adam. And the Bible says that Adam was the first man. So it is written in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the first man, Adam, became a living being. And then some have tried to explain the existence of angels by saying, and this is another myth, that they're spirits from the unnatural union between angels and women in Genesis 6. There's no support for that in Scripture. It's actually a whole lot less complicated if we just accept what the Bible teaches. Angels were created by God and with God, and at a time all the angels were holy and without sin. And then we learn that Lucifer lied to the angels and said that he was going to overthrow God. He was Lucifer at the time, very important. His name means morning star, bringer of light, shining one, light bearer. And what does the Bible say about God? God is light. So Lucifer was created to bring the light of God to effectively shine God's glory, shine the light of God. We don't often think about the fact that he, Lucifer was the most beautiful and powerful of the angels. And because of his beauty, he becomes full of pride and sinned. And a third of the angels believed him. They are known as demons, fallen angels or unclean spirits. Did you even, did you even know there was such a thing as fallen angels? And today we get to see how this has adversely affected the world. God created the angels with a free will, just like Adam. And the angels were once the same, all of them, created for the purpose of worshipping God and encouraging us and message carriers of God at any time. Angels have a personality and can freely decide to follow God or not. And there's a third who choose to follow Lucifer. What that means in simple maths, I too failed maths, but in simple maths, if a third have chosen to follow Lucifer, two-thirds worship God. Amen? And that's now locked in and doesn't change. Uh, you know, is, is this all rubbish? Well, that depends on whether you want to accept the biblical narrative in the literal context. Uh, the option is that we just take bits of the Bible and we reconcile with that, that uh, that bit for me works. Uh, all these bits, they don't work, all right? And a whole lot of theologians do that. For me, I'm not smart enough. So where I've gone in my life of faith is I'll just take it literally. And when I read it, that's what God wanted me to know, okay? So that's how I come to the understanding of God's purpose for angels. And uh, I'm not a philosopher. I don't have letters or many behind my name. So I just got to take the simple reasoning, all right? And that's what we're presenting to you today. At one time in biblical history, fallen angels are thrown out of heaven. 
We don't have any longer any rogue angels. It's clear that at a spoken time in history, a third rebel, a third do not, two thirds do not, and that was it. We don't have dribbles of holy angels coming down as fallen angels. It's that deposit was once and for all. That's how it's described. That's how I believe it. In Revelation 12:4, its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. So Satan takes his third of heavenly host and they're flung out of heaven to the earth. Here's an important theological truth. The evil angels or demons do not live in heaven and never will and have not since the fall of the angels. Their deposit was to the earth. They live on the earth. They were flung to the earth. Hence, we have the reality and the presence of demons or evil angels upon the earth, not a fairy tale. Not to some home in the sky, no holding paddock for dirty angels, God flung them down to the earth, so this is critical truth. I don't um, talk about this very often, we don't, but we need to know that fallen angels are bound by God's will to only live upon the earth thrown out of heaven, they live here. They can only be in one place at one time. They can travel really quickly, I believe, but they're not like God who can be everywhere all of the time. True? They are not omnipresent. They are finite. They have amazing capacity, but they are not God or even like God. Luke 10 and 18 describes, his, uh, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Uh, the name Lucifer is found one time in the Bible, in Isaiah 14 and verse 12. The name, as we've already explored, means shining one or star of the morning. Originally placed in a position of authority over the cherubim, surrounding the throne of God. Uh, Lucifer, therefore, was kind of the boss angel. So we can assume stronger, more powerful than other angels. Certainly the most beautiful, as the description of, of the scripture will give us in a moment. God loves his creation. True? Loves his creation. Always. So consider the description of Lucifer, bright morning star. If you don't want to get some detail, it's in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. To get any kind of balanced view on what happens in temptation, we need to know why this is happening, how this is happening. I do not believe God created evil. Cannot believe God created evil. But evil comes when God's creation chooses its own way and usurps God's authority and order. True? So as Adam chose his own way and sin entered the world, so sin enters into evil angels when they choose their own way. One time. God had offered them so much. Let's read Isaiah 14. 
how you have fallen from heaven. Morning star, son of the dawn. You've been cast down to the earth. You were once laid low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. You are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. In verse 12 again, how have you fallen from heaven? O morning star, son of the dawn, you've been cast down to the earth. There's heartache in the the heart of God right there, isn't there? Created for purpose. Um, Don't go too far in your mind right now, but consider some of the celebrities and models that God's done a good job on, yeah? You know, some people, wow. And extend that to infinity. God's best modelling. That's a picture of what Satan's like. Definitely not red-faced with a pitchfork. And we've got some testimony from those books that I've read, uh, even people I've spoken to, that have had involvement in the spirit world that demons have manifest into some pretty attractive forms. Potentially a bit irritating when you want Satan to be ugly and nasty with horns and a pointy head and all that. A bit like New South Wales supporters, picture Queensland supporters. Or the feeling you get yesterday when you see a Parramatta jersey. But the Bible says morning star. Who's ever woken up early enough to see the sunrise? (laughs) A couple of us? Anybody else? Yeah, a few more, okay. The beauty, sun of the dawn, the beauty of breaking day on a perfect morning. I do want to agree, though, that Satan can manifest into ugly and there's some significant ugliness attested to him. But the Bible's description of Lucifer, the devil or Satan, is very different to what we often want to believe. Ezekiel 28, I have spoken, declares the the sovereign Lord, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It's an introduction. Note that this is God's own description of Satan and I want you to listen carefully. Look at the words as they appear on the screen. This is for our education and understanding. Here we go. God says this about the devil. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you. Ruby, topaz and emerald, chrysolite, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for I, I, the Lord God, ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. 
You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created. Listen to this. Till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the Mount of God. I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. So I ask uh, right here, where does it say God dispensed the devil out of heaven and down to the earth? Because it's important truth, isn't it? Where does it say? Ezekiel 28, 17, right there. I made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made fire come out from you and it consumed you and I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. All the nations who knew you were appalled at you. You've come to a horrible end and will be no more. Lucifer was his name at that time and he was bright and beautiful and full of wisdom. He had a position of authority over other angels. Second in charge in heaven, if you like. But he wanted more. He desired the throne of God and there's been war ever since, raging in the heavens. And this is the foundation and the equipping for spiritual warfare. This is it right here. The Bible speaks of Satan's angels in Revelation. Uh, 12, 7 again. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought back. And we are told who the dragon is in Revelation 12 and verses 3 and 4. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, seven horns, seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. How do we know the stars represent angels? Well, in Revelation 1.20, I'll read it to you. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the churches. Pretty direct explanation, don't you think? A third of the host of heaven followed Lucifer, fell to the earth, become disembodied demon spirits. How many of them? Well, a third of the original number God created. Angels are innumerable as far as man can tell. We can't count them. Here's where I want to finish. What can we learn from Satan's rebellion? Never more like Satan than when we rebel against God's authority. Amen. An amazing verse. The context is the rebellion of Saul, rebelled against what God had told him to do in 1 Samuel 15, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because rebellion in any form is a style of Satan worship. You rebel against God 
You say, God says, you're for me or against me, right? So if you rebel against him, you're not for him, so you're against him, so you're with evil angels. You're on the side of sin. We live in a day of human rebellion in every area of our lives. We see it with children rebelling against parents and teachers, wives against husbands, husbands against wives, men rebelling against God, employees against their bosses, people against their government, honour and respect for authority is so diminished in our society. And God says, worship me, worship me. And here's the simplicity. God knows because he created us. When we worship him, perspective is adorned. All of a sudden, we see what otherwise we are blinded to by the deception of evil angels. God says, worship me and have no other gods before me. And so let's keep our Christianity simple, shall we? Right? Today was just about a little illumination to the fact that there is evil presence in our world. There's a reason why bad things happen to good people. Did you get that? Because we live in a sin-flooded world. God didn't do it. The effect of disobedience has placed us in an environment where sin is upon the earth. True? Where do evil angels live? Upon the earth. You saw that? It's biblical. There's an answer. We don't have to be, oh, I don't know why there's bad stuff happening to me and to my friends and in our world. We don't have to ask that question. We know the answer. And God would say to us, worship me and I will give you perspective. Last week, worship me because the angels have got your back. Remember that? Right? It doesn't mean bad stuff won't happen. It... What it does mean is only the stuff God allows will happen. So we need to trust him with that, don't we? And look, when Brianna was first diagnosed, I was like, well, I don't know, but God does. And it was a weird feeling. Yeah, I lost my mum when I was a lot earlier. She, she didn't recover from cancer. I was 27, she died right in front of my eyes. And I was like, I don't know why these things happen. And as a pastor, I've seen a lot of things happen over the years. I don't know, but I know how, right? I know, I know that there's a resulting order from disobedience in the heavenlies that affects all of us today. Let's not get caught up in disobedience. That will take us down. They are real. And I'd simply ask, is witchcraft real? Don't do this, but for the sake of a response, ask a demon. Did you hear that? Is witchcraft real? Ask a demon. The demon will know that it's real. Because 
That's who's behind it, right? Are seances real? Ask a demon. Are the manifestations that we commonly call ghosts real? Well, ask a demon. Are Ouija boards real, or tarot card reading, or clairvoyance? Ask a demon. Because anything that's not of God is of sin. True? Basically, I don't want to get so close to ever having the opportunity to ask those questions. For me, worship God. Stay away. Don't go there. Praise him. And here's, um, I think, the last thing I want to say. But what we learn from understanding fallen angels is that sins of the heart are the most dangerous. And I can bring some personal uh, experience to this. Sins of the heart are easy to hide from other people. That's why they're so dangerous. We can easily be blinded to our own sins. Uh, here's a scenario, and it wouldn't have happened today. A soloist sings and someone says in the pew, oh, that should be me up there. If they had a half a brain, they'd ask me to do that song, not her. It didn't happen today, did it? Go Elise. But those things are sin. And easily hidden because no one else can hear what's going on in your heart and your head. Yeah? That's why it says in Proverbs 4 and 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And you can fool all of the people some of the time, some of the people all of the time, but you can't fool God any time. So best just to live your life worshipping God. Amen? Proverbs 10 and 18. He who conceals his hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Would you stand as we pray?